Hey guys, welcome to the Journey of Ruth Discipleship Podcast, where we encourage listeners to love Jesus, study his word, and reach others. I'm your host, Courtney Lohman. Today, I am thrilled to share my conversation with Sharon Ingram and Lori Rollinger. Both women are widows who lost their husbands in very different seasons of life and yet experienced many of the same things. Sharon and Lori wanted to create a resource for widows by widows to help women find hope in a dark situation. On today's episode, we discuss their book, Surviving Widowhood. They describe their experience in the months and years following their husband's deaths. They share encouragement and hope for those experiencing widowhood. And they offer some wisdom for those of us that may be walking alongside a widow and how we can serve, encourage, and love them. I know that everything you hear from Sharon and Lori is true, not only because of their heart to help women, which I think you'll come to see by the end of this conversation, but also because as they shared their stories, they very much paralleled what our family has experienced as we've walked alongside my dad and also the experiences of friends who are walking with their parents or friends who have lost a spouse. It might seem like it's going to be like a really sad conversation, but I think you'll be surprised at how much hope these women have to share with us. Now, before we go on, it's almost here. The Entrust Conference is coming in just two weeks, guys, September 24th. So here's what I want to ask you. Have you ever wanted someone to mentor you, but you didn't know who to ask? Have you ever felt like you wanted to serve the younger people in your life, but you felt unprepared? Let me tell you, you aren't alone. In a Barna study, they found that one third of people in the church really want to find someone to disciple them one-on-one. However, only one fourth of individuals in the church are being discipled. And this is why. Only one fifth of church members are discipling another person. The numbers just don't match up. One fifth of the church cannot be counted on to disciple the rest of a congregation. So we here at the Journey of Ruth are determined to see those numbers change. Through Journey of Ruth trainings at churches and individuals responding to our encouragement on the podcast to step into a discipleship ministry at their church, we have seen lives changed. We have seen women step into their gifting and their passions in local churches. We have seen people's professions changed. We have seen individuals step into deeper relationships with those that are around them. We have seen women boldly step into the role of discipler because for the first time, for the first time, guys, they felt qualified to do so. I want these same wins for you and for your church. And this is why we created the Entrust Conference. We want the Entrust Conference to be a place where women can acquire the tools they need to disciple others in their community and in turn, create more disciples and exponentially grow the kingdom of God. We're going to discuss the command given to us in 2 Timothy to entrust what we have learned to faithful men who will then go and teach others. It's the command that tells us that we are to go and disciple the next generation. And in big news, tickets for the conference right now are only $10. And so many of you have taken advantage of this $10 price, but I know there's still some of you out there who have been thinking about coming. Here's your sign. (laughs) If you've been waiting, go get your ticket now. The event takes place on September 24th in Glendale, Arizona from 9 a.m. to noon. And it is going to be a jam-packed morning. You and your friends come join us for an amazing morning of encouragement and equipping. And then 
Hop in a car, go to lunch, and discuss all that you learned. This is a can't-miss event. Get your tickets today. Now on to my conversation with Sharon and Lori. Well, Sharon Ingram and Lori Rollinger, I am so happy that you have come to join me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. I should say thank you for inviting us. Oh, absolutely. Um, So I was first introduced to Sharon as my spiritual grandmother. (laughs) That's the the first time that I met uh, Maggie Garrison, who uh, has discipled me, was discipled by Sharon. So she said, we were at an event all at the same time. And Maggie grabbed my hand and said, I want you to come meet your spiritual grandmother. And it was just, it was great. I love that when she said that. I know it was so sweet and good. And I had heard your name. Um, and so it was great to finally meet you. Uh, and um, so I would love for you guys to tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you're related, and uh, um, just kind of <laughs> let us in on who you are. Well, I'm Lori Rollinger. I um, have four kids. Uh, most of them are now out of the house. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I do a little of this and a little of that, and um, just super grateful to be here and share with everybody. And mom, why don't you let them know about you? <laughs> Good. Right. We are mother and daughter. And um, yes, I, um, you know, I just enjoy um, people. I enjoy encouraging ladies. I feel like God's that's kind of where he's used me through my years of ministry alongside my husband who um, pastored. And um, I, you know, I love my family. I enjoy reading. Um, I enjoy uh, actually doing some exercising, you know, try to be good with that. <laughs> okay. But, um, yeah. So I enjoy travel, uh, you know, some, some of those things that maybe have been a little bit you know, not as much as it used to be, but um, done a lot of mission work in my life also, as well as being, you know, pastor's wife alongside my husband. Right, right. Well, the two of you recently wrote a book called Surviving Widowhood, 40 Devotions of Hope. And I've seen this book and I I love the way that you guys put it together. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and why you did, why you put it together that way. Um, And the hope that is offered. I mean, it's in the title, 40 Devotions of Hope, right? But it's, it's really true. You're not just saying it and then offering something else. Uh, It really is true. So before we move on to what's in the book, you guys were writing this book, um, Surviving Widowhood, out of your own experience. So can you each tell us a little bit about your husband? And Sharon, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, um, I feel very blessed uh, to have been married to Don for 60 years. We did get our 60th anniversary in before the Lord took him home. Um, My husband, we always called him the Energizer Bunny. He had a lot of energy. He (laughs) loved people. He loved pastoring and preaching. Uh, He really had the heart of an evangelist. Mm -hmm. And um, so God used him mightily in in those ways, um, not only here in our country, but across the world. I think he had spoken in over 77 different countries. Wow. Uh, So he did a lot of um, travel. And, you know, when 
uh, our children were younger and, and almost even then, even in our past, we'd be pastoring, but he'd still be going uh, across the world. He'd be invited to come and do, the, you know, these crusades and things. And, um, but I felt my place was to be home uh, with the children. One of us needed to be there. So I didn't really start traveling with him until our kids were um, out of uh, the home. But I think Don, he was a great husband. He was my, you know, best friend, my companion, um, you know, just everything. And um, uh, we had a great, it was just a lot of fun to, uh, to have all those years with him. Hmm. And I will say that uh, I never got to meet your husband, um, but I, the church that I go to, you guys pastored at for many, many years. And there is certainly a legacy that the two of you left as pastor and wife that is still, that still reaches into like myself. I've, I was never there when you were <laughs> and <laughs> I never met your husband, but I know that name and I know the impact that your family made on our church and uh, is still to be honest, making on our church. So, you know, thank you for you and, and the legacy that you and Don left because I know um, many people were ministered to by that. So, yeah. Lori? Well, Greg and I met at Bible College um, and he was a basketball player and I was a cheerleader. I mean, does it get any iconic than that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was larger than life. He just was this gregarious person who had an ability to speak and he loved the Lord. God had brought him out of some really tough situations. He didn't always look for the Lord. And so he had a real passion for seeking those people who would never want to come into church. Hmm. He wanted to, to get those people because he was one of those people. Hmm. So we actually planted a church. We were one of those crazy people. Okay. Um, and we planted Palm Valley Church and um, God just blessed it. It grew. It was amazing. We, and we, you know, we did a lot of traveling together as well and had four kids. And, um, you know, we live life in fast forward, which I didn't realize it at the time, but was such a blessing because we did so many things not knowing that his life would be short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, I know, Lori, for you, that you had um, young children when mm -hmm. your husband passed away. Can you share with us uh, the general ages of your children? And I'm curious from you, how did you kind of work through your grief um, when your husband passed as opposed to, or not opposed to, uh, while you were also walking your kids through their grief? Yeah, uh, my goodness, single parenting uh, is the hardest thing I have ever done in my mm. entire life. So I pray for the single parents. Um, I, you know, I always respected them before, but now having experienced it, man, it is incredible what single parents have to do. And not just single parents that are divorced because you can work with your spouse but when you're the only parent, there's a lot of weight and responsibility. Uh, when my husband was diagnosed with his disease, uh, my youngest was five. And my oldest was 14. Okay. Um, and then when he, he was sick for about four and a half years, he had um, something very similar to ALS. So he went from really healthy, active to in a wheelchair. He couldn't eat, couldn't 
speak, he couldn't walk. Okay. So um, when he passed away, my oldest was 18 and then 16 and then um, 13 and nine. Wow. So it kind of spans, you know, one almost ready for adulthood and then some still really young in the home. So, um, you know, walking them through grief when I was grieving, I, I'll be honest, I probably wasn't the best at it because um, you, you, it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Even though we knew for four years this was going to come, you still can't prepare for it when yeah, they're no. gone. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. So, you know, one of the, so a couple of the things that I did was I sought counseling for myself. And I did some counseling for the kids. Some have done their own counseling as they've matured. Um, But then I really tried to set a, like, we're eating dinner together still. This is our family nucleus now. We would, I would take trips with them and just try to mold the family into, I know there's one place that's empty, but we're still whole. We're still going to make it. Mm, wow. Yeah. Cause that, that holds it's, you know, it's always felt, mm. um, that person, you know, even if there's as, as years go on, you still have moments where you feel that hole there. Um, oh, I know yeah. we, yeah, we lost my mom just, um, two years ago. And so, you know, you get together and you're like, you know what, she would have really liked this, but I love yeah. that you kind of allowed your family to feel that, grief, feel that whole, but also feel whole in your current state. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's really important. Now, I want to talk about the, the beginning of the book. Um, so in Surviving Widowhood, the way that you guys started is each one of you wrote a letter to the widows that would be reading this book. And I <laughs> thought, gosh, that's such like a, I mean, every, there's there's always like the preface or the, the letter or whatever, but... <clears throat> You guys were so honest and so personal in these letters that, you know, I'm like, I'm not even a widow and I am like feeling, you know, the emotion that you guys had when you, when you wrote these letters. And I love, I think I thought it was a beautiful way to start the book. And Lori, I know for you, you were already pursuing like your, like ministry to widows. Um, you know, you've been doing that for a, several years through a podcast and through a, a blog why was it so special to be able to do this book with your mom instead of you doing it as a, you know something once again that you're doing alone? I know that you also have roped her in on the podcast <laughs> and said, "Mom, come and do the podcast with me." Uh, <laughs> what is it like now getting to do this this ministry with alongside your mom? Well, it was only fair because she wrote me into writing the book, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, now you have to come do the podcast but you know I think um you know it takes both of us right because um I can kind of touch the widow who is younger and has children at home and single parenting and she can touch the widow who's had 60 years of marriage Mm -hmm. and we span the generations which is just such I think it's a really interesting thing that we bring to the table. Um, And so many experiences that we had were the same. And yet Mm -hmm. so many were so different. And it's nice to have that 
you know, um, not a cookie cutter. This is what everybody experiences. We're very much like, because we've watched each other walk through grief and widowhood, we see the differences and Mm -hmm. it's so easy to compare and think, well, I didn't do that. So maybe I'm not as far along or, you know, maybe I'm doing this wrong, but no, it's this grace. You have to give yourself grace. And so, you know, mom, my mom's a visionary. (laughs) She's the one that came to me and said, Hey, you know, I know you're doing these other things, but I think we should really write a book to the widow. And then Mm -hmm. I'll let her share what specifically we had in mind when we wrote this book. Yeah. Sharon. Well, okay. I think the when I was first widowed, I mean, like we've said, there's just no way that you really can prepare uh, for widowhood. You, you know, you think, you know, my husband was, uh, when he was first diagnosed, they said two weeks to two months he had to live. God graciously gave us two years. Wow. So it was really a very special time for Don and me to have those two years that we were basically nonstop, you know, in each other's presence, but you're still never ready for that last breath, you know, because they're just, you know, they're gone. And so it was, um, there was, you know, I had walked a lot of seasons of life and, but this one honestly has been the toughest Hmm. season and it's, not one I wanted, but you know, we don't have choice. And if we live long enough, sometimes one of us is going to go right. And um, so, I mean, to begin with, I just, I mean, you're just kind of lost and floundering and reading, concentrating was hard. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of, after just a few months began to search for, I just wanted something that was short bite size that would just give me some hope and encouragement. I mean, I knew God's word and I, of course, would read it, but it was very short little snippets because that's where I was. And, but I, I wanted to hear from another widow, you know, Mm, I didn't just want to hear from a professional that could say, well, this is the way you walk through grief, but I really wanted to hear the heart of another widow Mm. how she was walking through grief. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like the Lord just kind of nudged me after a few months, um, several months, you know, if this was something that you wanted, maybe this is something that you should write Mm. for those coming behind you in widowhood. And so then that's when I talked to Lori and said, you know, what do you think just to write short devotions? because you just can't grasp depth. You don't want a chapter book. You know, mm. you just want something, but something that gives you hope. And I wanted it from another widow and to, to give me hope and encouragement. Yeah, I am going to make this because some days I literally, I thought I can't stop crying mm-hmm. <laughs> and the loneliness and the quietness of my home was just more, you know, one day, I said to my son, I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, Mm. and um, I thought I was a pretty strong woman, but I mean, that really took me where it surprised me, you know, Mm. how, how, how just overwhelmed with grief until you really lost someone that close and that 
you know, that depth of relationship and love. You know, I've been, because being in the ministry, been around lots of grief, but when it touches you, you know, mm-hmm. then you realize the depth of this. And I thought this is one way that perhaps we could minister and help those coming behind us with just some short snippets from God's word. Every devotion has a scripture. Every devotion has a short story from either Lori or myself. And then we wrap that back up with the scripture Mm -hmm. and with prayer, with a short little prayer. And then a perspective to think about where they are and then we've got the prompt in that they can journal. And yeah. we just felt that was important, even though you may not feel like journaling. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think one of us said, you know, maybe just put a check mark that, yeah, I read this, but I have nothing in me to write. You don't have to write. But the thing of it is, if you go back maybe two, three months later and you reread that devotion, you might feel like writing a sentence. You know, Mm -hmm. so you can begin to see some progression because, yes, we do move forward as much as maybe we don't really want to. At the time, we will move forward. And we do, um, you know, we can walk in that, yes, the Lord is so faithful to us. Mm -hmm. And he does see us through and he does give us hope and he does give us encouragement. Hmm. and bring back even that joy. So you're saying you kind of took these and they were like small (laughs) snippets instead of like a really long, really extended, um, you know, devotional. And maybe, maybe there's a part of us that would say like, oh, it should be this really long, uh, you know, book that I give to somebody to help them to really think through. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that you mentioned is widow's fog. Mm-hmm. And how, because of Widow's Fog, actually these short snippets were a better choice. Can you explain Widow's Fog? I had no idea about Widow's Fog until I became a widow. And it's just this fog that really goes over your brain, your mind, your body, really. I've almost said, felt like, you know, it was a gift, mm. probably from the Lord, mm-hmm. because you don't, you can't make big decisions, you know, you you and you, they tell you not to, but okay. now I can see you really aren't even capable, you know, to make big decisions. And so there's just this foggy um, part of of time. Eventually, it does begin to to lift, mm. and it might wave over you again. It takes a while to work out of it, yeah. and that's why I felt we needed to do something short. So that it really can help a new, a new widow when she's yeah. just getting in those phases of just, you know, being okay with this. I really can't think lengthy. I can't get into a book. You know, I mm-hmm. there's just not that interest nor that ability to think deeply. Yeah. But there's a lot of decisions to be made after the death of a loved one. A lot. And I would assume even Lori, you had kids that you had to make decisions for. It wasn't just yourself. And I have seen because we've had several people pass away in our family specifically um, that sometimes those of us on the outside 
can because we don't understand the widow's fog, it seems like someone is just being really indecisive. Mm-hmm. It, or like, wow, I had no idea how much that other person did for you. Obviously, you can't make any decisions, <laughs> you know, and they must have made all the decisions. Right. And right. now they're not yeah. here. How will you ever survive on your own? Um, <laughs> what can like those of us on the on the outside that are supporting widows as they're kind of walking through this widow fog and having to make these big decisions? Uh-huh. What can we do to help them, Lori, as as they are kind of walking through this widow fog? Well, just know there's no right words to say to mm-hmm. widow. Um, oh, yeah. and, and that's one of the reasons we wrote this book, too, is as a gift book. I got some really crazy things as a widow, um, like, okay. you know, a hanky and uh, grave glitter and, you know, tea and flowers and casseroles. All those things are good. I'm sorry. Did you but... say grave glitter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is grave glitter? Um, it's glitter that you're supposed to sprinkle on the ground of the grave. My husband would have loved it. it was hilarious. <laughs> we, are uh, we particularly loved it? We, uh, but he, he's, uh, we put him in the ocean. So okay. we did, we did include the glitter. I'm sorry to all the, uh, environmentalists out there, but it was just <laughs> part of our celebration for him too. No, oh. I actually really enjoyed the grave, grave glitter, but at the moment, when I got it, I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? So um, th- that's part of the reason why we wrote the book, though, is an excellent gift book. What do you give the mm, widow? Okay. You you give her this gift of hope because honestly, there are times when you think I'm not going to survive this. Yeah. And yes, I, I, you know, you, you think about what your husband does. You kind of divide the chores. Yeah. And now it's all on you. You know, when, yeah. when the house breaks you got to figure it out. You know, when, um, the cars break down, you got to figure it out. I, I had to buy cars for all my kids on my own. True. You know, I, I had to figure out how to send them to college. Where was the money going to come from? Like all those things. Um, mm-hmm. and it's overwhelming to, again, feel that responsibility of single parenting and you've got to make this right. Yeah. Got to protect your kids and, and right. give them, what you and your husband would have done together. Hmm. And I know that Sharon, you had grown kids. Were you able to, did you want, I guess I should say, to lean on your adult kids during that time? Or did you want to be able to make your own choices and own decisions and that type of stuff? Or would you rather have had your adult kids coming in? And you know, My and adult kids have been fabulous and great. And I'm so thankful for each one of them. And each one of them has probably, you know, contributed to me, you know, in their own special, unique way. Mm. But I've needed them. And, uh, you know, what I think I have done is I would run past them, you know. Okay. What do you think about this? Um, You know, is this, uh, there's been so many things because, you know, like Don handled finances. So I had to learn that. So my one son's been so good about, he's kind of come through, come into my life to help me Mm. in things like that. Um, You know, just even like for me, um, buying tires for the car. I mean, going to the dealership and she's saying, you just need all four new tires. Don was so good about keeping our tires, but he had been sick for two years. Oh, right. 
And honestly, when she said I needed tires, I teared up. I thought I was going to boo-hoo right in front of her. I, I said, ma'am, can I just call my son? I mean, this was crazy. But, you know, it was just these shocking things mm. that have happened, like things like that, you know, or things go wrong with the house. Uh, what do I do? I mean, those are things that, that Don handled a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yes, I have... My kids have been great um, and I appreciate them. And like I say, they each one ministered to me and helped me in their, you know, unique way that they can do that. Yeah. I've needed them and I've leaned on them. And when I thought I can't make it, they'll say, mom, you're doing so good. I'm like, really? I don't think I am. Are you sure? Encourage me. Mm. And that was a gift. Mm, I love that. I know some of you listeners are very organized individuals, and I congratulate you on that. But I also know that some of you are like me. We are going to show up all the time, but maybe not on time. Whether you are a planner or you aren't, one thing is critical, and that is to plan your daily time with the Lord. If you do not put a regular Bible reading time on your calendar, the chance of something like that happening on a regular basis is very unlikely. Nurturing your relationship with God starts with the daily habit, and I found a tool to help us do just that. The Daily Kairos Journal was created to help busy Christians break free from distractions, spend more time reading the Bible, hear God's voice more clearly, and ultimately draw close to Him every day. You have to set aside the time each day, but the journal will take it from there. The Daily Kairos Journal is going to help you prioritize prayer, scripture memory, and regular scripture reading. It also provides a weekly reflection section built to help you record and discern what God is saying to you over an extended period of time. I know since receiving mine, I have memorized more scripture than I normally do. And also, it's helping me to keep those friends and family that I'm praying for, or those items that I'm asking for the Lord's direction on, it's helping me to keep those at the forefront of my mind, not only during my daily reading time, but also throughout the day. So go support the podcast and order your journal today by visiting dailykairos.com slash Courtney dash Loman. That's dailykairos, D-A-I-L-Y-K-A-I-R-O-S.com slash Courtney dash Loman. And look forward to pressing the reset button every day as you spend time with God in his word and with your daily Kairos journal. Now back to the episode. Now, you guys, a part of the um, title is hope. And one of the things that you wrote, Lori, was there has been so much loss, so much grief and so much pain that the thought of hope feels like a fresh breeze blowing in your face when you can't catch a breath. Hope is what makes tomorrow feel possible. So how does this ho- this book offer hope um, to widows as they're walking through grief? Well, the verse that I use in um, that particular devotion is uh, Romans 15, 13. And God says he wants us to abound. So when you search scripture, there is so much hope that the Lord gives to each of us. And so we kind of just did a deep dive on hope. Where does hope come from? How can we find hope? How can we find peace? You know, those things that widows are looking for. I know for me personally, I 
when I was widowed, I lost my identity. I didn't know who I yeah. was. I lost ministry. I lost my job. I lost my husband. Mm. I, I was a caregiver. Now I'm just a mom. Who am I? Who am I apart from Greg? And I needed hope. I needed hope that there wow. was a future for Lori. Yeah. And so searching the scripture, God is so good to just breathe that hope, like, like new air in your lungs that you can feel, okay, I can do today. Maybe that's all I can do, but God will give me hope for tomorrow. And he has, he's just been so good. So faithful. Mm. Sharon, do you have a scripture that's really kind of helped you feel hopeful in, you know, probably you put it in the book, but <laughs> that's helped you. Well, you know, as, um, as we're sharing, I think that, um, I mean, cause Honestly, there was a time I thought, I don't know if I can go on, you know, who mm -hmm. am I? I mean, yeah. that's a big thing as widows. You're, you know, you're one with your mate. So when they're taken, mm -hmm. you do, you think, who am I? Yeah. And, you know, I just had, I was on my knees just crying out to the Lord. You know, I gave my life to serve you before I ever met my husband, but I've served all these years alongside him. Now, how do we serve you now? Mm -hmm. And and what is the purpose now that you have for us? And in it, it was like again several months into this that I bought a beautiful big wall picture and hung it on my wall in the kitchen. And it was First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen to eighteen. Rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That was that little word all meant even in my new season of widowhood, mm -hmm. I was to give thanks for this season. That was hard. Mm -hmm. And for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And honestly, um, Courtney, I would, I would just be crying reading this because I could see it every day. You know, it's right there. And I literally began just walking through my house, crying, but thanking the Lord, mm. thanking him, thanking him for all the years that we had, thanking him for my children, thanking him for anything I could think of. I began to just turn this, maybe you get self-pity, you know, for mm. me that I'm now having to, you know, walk this journey. Instead of that, turning it to praising the Lord, he wow. had blessed my life. He had given me wonderful 60 years of marriage and ministry. And I just wanted to praise him and thank him and thank him for my children who all love Jesus and who are serving him. And, you know, so just walk through my house, walk and walk, thanking and praising him. But healing, when I turned, began to turn and turn what I had been through and my pain and my sorrow to praising, mm -hmm. I literally began to feel healing wow. and hope come into my life. And, you know, the Lord says he, he wants us to praise him. He wants us to thank him in all circumstances. Mm -hmm. and, and that's hard, you know, and even, um, you know, just trusting him um, that he will work all things together for good. Um, you know, he does do that. I've seen it. I've felt it. I'm experiencing it even today mm. to be able to share with you, um, the peace, the joy, the hope 
that I sense in my savior, Mm -hmm. what he has done for me. I just praise him and I thank him. Mm -hmm. And, and just, you know, I love uh, another verse, those that wait upon the Lord, um, you know, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with uh, wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I love that um, a picture of the eagles mm-hmm. and it takes both wings to work. And I thought of those wings for myself as trust and thankfulness. I need both. I need to trust my Lord that he's going to see me through. He has a plan. And he knew I would walk this season and then be thankful. Be thankful to him for all of his blessings, for even the pain, the sorrow, the grief. But to say thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And there has come healing in that. Wow. I'm wondering, I mean, I know that we talked about, um, you know, about sharing your, your kids really helping you and, and walking alongside you. Um, Lori, we haven't really talked about if anyone came alongside you. Um, I mean, maybe other than your, your mom, but I, I want to know from you guys, because the journey of Ruth, we talk about discipleship a lot about the importance of community and how that is, that's a scriptural picture of how we should live life is in community, in discipleship with one another. So I want to know from you, how did discipleship and community come into play after the death of your husband? Well, um, one of the biggest people who helped me was my brother. My brother is actually a widower. Um, he lost his, his first wife. So yeah, there's been a lot of death in our uh, family. Yeah. So he, he and my dad had lost his first wife. So my dad had kind of, you know, helped my brother. My brother definitely helped me. And then we were able to help my mom. Wow. Um, I think you just pass along what you learn. Um, and that encouragement of you can do this. Like I've been there, I know, you know, because you can hear that from other people. Like I, I sympathize with you, but those people who know mean so much mm-hmm. because they they have been there, they see it, they see you, and that encouragement from another widow goes oh, such a long. But I do have a community of uh, some really great girlfriends and. Uh, you know, people who I could call at 1am if I needed to and bawl my eyes out to or rage, you know, like, oh, I'm so angry. How could God let this happen? How, how did he think I could manage all of this? Um, And they would understand that I would, you know, come back down to who I was, but safe. I had people where I felt safe that I could express everything I was feeling. And that was such a gift girlfriends who would pray with me um and who would just be silent with me. yeah so important. so important yeah what about you Sharon yes I have some terrific girlfriends too and uh, one of them is a long distance friend but she would call me every day you know just checking in those beginning mm-hmm. weeks months and she even came out and spent a couple of weeks with me just her um you know and me but I have friends here, and you know, shortly after Don passed, COVID, uh, we were shut down. 
Wow. Oh, I am so thankful for a couple of my girlfriends that said, we're going to get together, you know? So we did, we met, um, in one of their driveways, you know, okay. we our, our little lawn chair and our water and we sat six feet apart cause we were supposed to. And, <laughs> and we would meet and maybe just sit there and talk and chat for, you know, two weeks or two hours, yeah. or so, you know, and, um, we named ourselves Thanks. the driveway. Divas. <laughs> yeah. They, they gave themselves a name. I love that. The driveway. <laughs> Divas. I, I need to make a t-shirt. Seriously. <laughs> We got up through that whole, uh, you know, period of time and lockdown. Mm. And, um, and you know, I, what? I feel like they need leather jackets. That's what I think. <laughs> like, like the pink ladies in, in Greece. Yeah. That's what they need. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then, uh, you know, I also continued to lead uh, a Bible study on Zoom. Oh, okay. So I had things that kept me plugged in, uh, you know, okay. when and, and then again, my, I'm so grateful for all the friends that God has blessed me with mm-hmm. and that loved me through this mm-hmm. whole whole period of time and still very good friends. Yeah. Um, but I'm also thankful for the privilege of continuing to minister. Okay. Even sometimes when I didn't maybe feel like it, but, you know, I'm so grateful for the, for the Zoom and the Bible studies. I was able to continue to lead during that mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Did you have to give yourself the ability to kind of um, have more space than you had needed to have in the past? Like if you were doing ministry, I can feel myself being like, no, I have to do this. This is my commitment. This is, you know, I have been committed to this for so long. Did you have to give yourself a little bit more grace? You do. Absolutely. Grace is a big thing that a widow needs to feel very free. Give yourself grace. Give yourself time. Don't let anyone, I mean, since I've lost my husband and been communicating with some widows, one widow said, someone said, you should be farther along than this. You know, you you just need to get yourself together. Mm-hmm. No, never say that to a widow. Everyone is on a different time, you know, mm-hmm. that it takes to be able to say, I feel like I'm moving forward a little bit. Um uh, Lori and I, we, we totally, you know, I think our timelines were, were different, you know, yeah. and, mm. um, but that's okay. You know, mm. we need to give ourselves grace to, to, to grieve as, as we need to, and we need to take the time to grieve. Yeah. Well, for me, you know, I felt the sense of vulnerability my world, because I had been in the church was so large, I had like so many people around me that I literally did just kind of cocoon and bring my circle super close until I was ready and confident in who I was to then (laughs) open it back up. And that's okay, too. We were at a widow's conference, and there was a grief counselor there. And she had some amazing words. You know, I at the time I had been widowed, just over six years. So uh, it was still, it was this year, early this year. Okay. And the things she said to me were just so powerful that you, you can say no, (laughs) you have the ability to say no, what feels good to you. Nothing has to be the same. Um, in the podcast we're getting ready to do, we're going to talk about holidays. And I know that there's an expectation 
on people from the in-laws or from the family or whatever that you have to, now that you're widowed, you have to do these certain things or you have to continue this tradition and you don't, you can Mm. do what the Lord is giving you peace about. You can make it totally different. You can keep it totally the same. You don't have to say yes to all the things. Mm. Almost because it feels disrespectful to the person that's passed. Is that why? Uh, Disrespectful maybe to the family who won't understand, Mm. but they won't understand. Either way, they're not going to understand how you as a widow are feeling. So give yourself the permission to, to be able to say no and realize, you know, I, I have to put up this boundary and say, you know, it's not anything against you. It's not because I am trying to disrespect you or, or, you know, your person in any way. But for me right now, this is where I'm at. It might not always be this way, but this year we're going to do. So it sounds like communicating with those that are around you with communicating with your community is really important so that they can understand where you're coming from and support you where you are, not where they think you are at or where you should be. Where you should be. Right. Absolutely. Okay. And I I, think, excuse me, ministering to two widows, you know, Mm -hmm. that are, uh, you know, you know, it's just being, um, just, you know, checking in every now and then, you know, giving Mm -hmm. a call, um, you know, when they're ready to maybe do coffee or, you know, go to their house or whatever, um, you know, they may not be ready to go out. They may not feel, um, you know, if they're coming to church, you might just be on the lookout, make sure they have someone to sit with. I always, Mm -hmm. one thing I feel like I learned was to think ahead. Okay. So before I would go to church, I knew where I was going to sit and who I was going to sit with. Mm, okay. now, uh, leaving my home, I would leave on music. I would leave on, if it was going to be dark, when I got back, I'd leave on the lights mm-hmm. so that when I came back, because that for me, my house was so quiet. Yeah. It just helped to think ahead, not to come into a dark house, to have some music playing, a Christian station and, um, and think ahead before I went to church. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I still kind of do that. Yeah. I don't know that I've yet sat alone, but I'm thankful for that. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever sat alone to church either, <laughs> but that's because yeah. I'm an extrovert. I'm like more people. Come on. Yeah, come I know. on. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I just think that's a, a good thing. And then ministering to widows, mm. just be loving and you know, don't ever say, oh, you know, I don't know what I would do, you know, or something like that. I just can't even imagine. No, they can't. You know, mm-hmm. I always say to gals, don't even think about it. Just enjoy your husband. You still have mm-hmm. a husband. Enjoy him, love him. And, you know, don't even mm-hmm. think what you would do. Oh, interesting. Don't. Okay. Yeah. Because well, you don't know until you get there. <laughs> right, right. I know for my dad, he he had kind of the same thing as you. Walking into a quiet house was weird because my mom was always there. She was a musician, so very often he walked into her, you know, playing the piano or practicing for Sunday or whatever. There's, you know, always music in the home. And he's like, my house is too quiet. So the first Christmas, we got him a 
It's like a record player slash CD player slash, you know, radio. So he could walk in and immediately turn on, you know, something that, you know, he wanted to have on and there, there would be noise in the house. And he said that was very helpful to not feel like, feel the quietness of the room. So I want to know, I I think you guys have, have said a couple things, you know, Sharon, you shared a couple of things like to say or not to say to, um, uh, to a, a widow and uh, Lori, I loved what you said about how you in your conversations with God and and like sharing with your friends what why did God think I could handle this you know and, and those places where you're at I want to know what would be your encouragement for a woman who's listening to this that was recently widowed and they're walking through this this grief journey no matter where they are I don't even want to say recently widowed because like it's always grief is a, is a process, right? And like you said, yeah. you're on your own journey. It's at your own speed. So what would be your words of encouragement to widows that are listening to this today? I would just say, you're going to make it. You're mm-hmm. not alone. And um, we, in fact, we were going over it today. We have a prayer list of people who have reached out to us that are widows. So if you are a widow and feel like you need prayer, contact us on our social medias or um, email us uh, through our podcast, but we will put your name. We pray for you. You're not alone Mm. and probably doing better than you think you are, Um, (laughs) which is huge. Uh, You just take it one day at a time. Pray that the Lord leads you because he is so good. He, He wants to give you hope. He wants you to abound in hope, which is crazy to think about because you're grief stricken, but the Lord wants so much for you as a plan and purpose and so much ahead for your future. So don't stop now. Keep walking every day. You're going to do it. You're going to make it. Yeah. Sharon. Well, that's so good, Lori, because it is true. We do make it. And you know, if you're in those beginning uh, weeks and months, uh, just cry out. Sometimes when you think I'm not going to make it, Jesus, help me. How many times I said that, Jesus, help me. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. He knows our heart. He knows our pain. You know, he's the one that gave us the ability to love and to care and to um, and, you know, we just need to be grateful for that and thankful and and let the tears flow, you know, don't be ashamed of them, you know, Mm. Um, let them flow. They're healing. Truthfully, Mm. um, there is a healing component in tears. And so God gave them to us for a reason. And someone sent me a little tear bottle when I first was uh, done. And um, uh, I keep it here on my desk. And it's just a reminder. He gathers each one of them. I said, well, he's probably got a bucket. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but those tears have been healing and, mm. you know, they, they still come, um, but not nearly frequent like they did. Like yeah. they so That's give a... yourself time, give yourself grace and know that um, we do make it. I mean, that's a good reminder that the emotions are okay and that you don't have to pull yourself together because... Like you think there's an expectation of that or because someone said, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're still crying and, you know, that type of stuff. In my mind, I'm like, have you ever lost anyone? 
(laughs) you know? Um, But Lori, you mentioned something. You said, we'd love to pray for you. So how can we find you guys um, on socials or email? How can people get a hold of you? So we're both on Instagram and Facebook by our names, Lori Rollinger and Sharon Ingram. Um, I have a podcast called Beautifully Broken. You can find it anywhere podcasts are by I have to search my name, Lori Rollinger, Beautifully Broken. And we're working through the widow's book right now. So hoping it can be a companion to the book. Uh, So you can find us there. DM us. We'd love it. Awesome. So it's Ingram, E-N-G-R-A-M, and Rollinger, R-O-H-L-I-N-G-E-R. Is that correct? Correct. We also have survivingwidowhood.net. Oh, okay. And go there also. So is that where we should go to get the book or are there other places to get the book or anywhere Christian books are sold? Fabulous. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, do you have the book with you, Sharon? Did I see you have it? We got to see this. Look at that. Look how beautiful it is. I love that you chose the succulent, you know, which is kind of just all, even in the driest seasons is there and thriving. I, I love it. Succulents just have a way of thriving. They do. They do. They really do. It's beautiful. So it's beautiful. It's small. It's a bedside, you know, can be given to your friend and can lay by her bed and it might lay there for a few months before she picks it up. Mm. But when, or it might be the first week she might want to pick it up whenever she does. But it's pretty, you know, so it looks good just laying there. But it's pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we have one question that we ask all of our guests. And so, Lori, we're going to start with you and then Sharon will move to you Uh, because we think that we're not meant to live life alone. Uh, Who has it? Who has helped you along in your journey? So, um, you know, I've, I've pretty much said, you know, family and then this group of girlfriends that I have people that can, you know, laugh with you, cry with you, pray with you, and just kind of be crazy with you. I, I wouldn't be doing my life as well, nearly as well without them. Mm, I love that. That's so good. Do you guys have a name like Driveway Divas? We're lame. We have no name. <laughs> Get <laughs> on that. I know. <laughs> uh, someone that else that I know said, they were trying to name their group of friends and they couldn't think of like a good name. And, and, and I was like, Oh, she's like, I mean, we have a name for our group chat. And I was like, Oh, well, what names on your group chat? And she's like, idiots with jobs. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a name, but <laughs> I'm like, probably shouldn't put that on the back of a jacket though. <laughs> Thought that was so funny though. All right, Sharon, what about you? the same you know my family's my grandchildren I have 14 grandchildren wow and now I've got some great grandchildren and um, you know so I am so grateful for them Mm. how they have been here and you know ministered to to me through this but my friends you know my driveway diva friends but my other friends too Mm -hmm. that are great Oh my gosh. Well, your friends. Thank you so much to both of you guys for being here. Um, thank you for listening to that prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, if this is something that you needed, we know that there are more women out there that need this. And for almost like giving women a resource that they can use, but 
on their own time at their own speed. Um, I loved even that you said like the first time that you read through it, you might just need to read and not journal. But then the second time, maybe you're ready to journal. So it's not even like a, you read it one time and then it goes on the bookshelf and you're like, yeah, I read that many years ago, but it's something, it's a resource you can keep picking up to encourage you when you need it. So thank you for listening, both of you to, to the prompting of the Holy Spirit and, and doing what God has called you to do and reach out to these widows. It's really wonderful. So thank you. Thank you, Courtney. Thank you for inviting us to be on your podcast. You know why this conversation is important? You may not be a widow, but I bet you know one. I bet you know one who needs to see your love today. I hope you're walking away with a few tips of how you can better love the widows in your life, how you can better serve them, things that you might be able to offer them or things that you thought were helpful and that you wanted to offer them, you now realize are not what they need. Links to Sharon and Lori's book, Surviving Widowhood, their podcast and their social media accounts can be found over in the show notes on our website, journeyfruit.com. On our website, you'll find all of the show notes for episodes, an opportunity to sign up for the podcast newsletter, links to help support the podcast, and information on how I may be able to bless your church or community through speaking or teaching. While you're there, be sure to purchase your interest tickets. Don't forget, it's just two weeks away, and don't miss out on the $10 price. Be sure to go check out dailykairos.com slash Courtney dash Loman to order your daily Kairos journal. Right now, you can get 10% off when you buy two or more journals or 20% off when you buy four or more. So go check that out today, dailykairos.com slash Courtney dash Loman. This week, come by, say hi over on Facebook and Instagram. And it would mean so much to me if you would take the time to leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and then click subscribe over on YouTube. Thanks for listening. And I will see you next Tuesday right here on the Journey of Ruth Discipleship Podcast. Podcast.